Good morning, Harvest family. Um, so great to be able to do this this morning, and we're really missing your faces and hope that you're well. Craig asked if I could share some hints and tips about being a great husband and dad in order to support our wives in being superwomen. Uh, 2 Peter 1 verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. So let that be an encouragement that that divine power has literally given us the ability to live a godly life. So tip number one is, uh, is be alive and be free. And I think that's really about us digging internally to find out who we are, making sure we don't, we don't mope around, but we, we're living life uh, the way God intended it. We need to be committed at being the best version of us that we can be and uh, telling ourselves that the best is yet to be and living with hope. Tip number two is learning how to love her. Teenagers and kids, you would do well to listen to this because uh, you, can, you can really learn how to love your mom and it will change the dynamics at home. Um, if you love your wife or your mom, you allow them to operate in their sweet spot, uh, which is an incredible place. And uh, the overflow of that is tremendous. It spills over and can impact not only your family, but, but everyone around us. Gary Chapman did a, uh, brought out a really amazing book called The Five Love Languages. And if you are not aware of them, I would really encourage you to go and check them out because uh, they really are very practical. And these will help you know how to fill your spouse's love tank. Broadly, they are words of affirmation, which is basically just building people up through affirming them through speech and um, yeah, just encouraging them. Quality time is spending time with one another, usually together <laughs> by themselves, very difficult with children. Receiving gifts is being intentional about giving gifts to the other person and, and filling their love tank that way. Uh, acts of service is basically just doing stuff. Uh, to make the person feel loved and then of course physical touch which is holding hands and um, yeah, tickling backs and things like that. Um, knowing these will free you up tremendously from wasted effort so uh, yeah, it's really really good stuff to know. The third tip is starting the day well. Taryn and I have been trying to make a more concerted effort to do this and charge up together in the mornings whether it's just sitting in bed holding hands drinking a cup of coffee and praying or that kind of thing. It really helps just to, to set the dynamic of the day in order and um, yeah I'd encourage you to try and make that a habit. Tip number four is praying for your wife and your children. Um, pray that God would be operating in her and that he would be helping her to be the best person that she can be for that day. Giving her wisdom, understanding, peace, courage in, in the midst of storm, all of those kind of things uh, does a tremendous job. Um, now and again, Taryn's come and said, Sheesh, uh, have you been praying for me? Because it, it was a tough day and things just completely, the, the dynamic changed. Um, so it's nice to know that even if, as guys, we work apart from our families, that uh, we can pull God into the equation and, and He can operate on our behalf in our homes and with our families, wherever they are. Tip number five is communicate. And it's true that us guys have fewer words than women. And uh, often we like to retreat into our man caves. Uh, we need to just be aware that women need to be able to express themselves and to be listened to. And often the default uh, mode that we go into is wanting to go and fix it instead of just hearing them. Um, so that's my five tips. Ah, one more. <laughs> the sixth is decompress. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. So at the end of the day, as a family, we all retreat into one of the kids' rooms and we sit down and we 
as a family, we ask each other the question, um, what was your best part of the day? What was your worst part of the day? What did you learn? What are you grateful for? And then we, we each have a turn to pray. And it's just a wonderful way, way to wrap up the day. Um, and yeah, rest at ease. So I hope those have been useful and practical. I encourage you on the five love languages. They'll, they'll really make a, a massive impact in all your relationships, not just marriage-wise. Um, God bless and uh, take care. We love you guys. Good morning, Harvest. As far as mothering goes, I have three points. The first one is inquire of the Lord. 16 years ago, when Caleb was born, my mum gave us the best advice ever. She said we could listen to all the experts, we could read all the books in the world, but that it would stand us in good stead to inquire of the Lord. He's the one who gives skill. He's the one who gives wisdom and knowledge and understanding. He knows our children best because he made them. So I like to say the father knows best how to mother. We need him. The second point is to be intentional. <clears throat> Exodus 20 says that the blessings of the Lord go down to a thousand generations. Now, mothering is a real joy. It's a privilege and an honor, but it can be exhausting and relentless and lonely. And on those days that are particularly hard, it's important that we remember what we do is lasting. In Proverbs 18, it says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Let's choose to do things and to say things that are life-giving, that bring blessing. I like to think of it as planting seeds that will grow into trees that generations from now, people will be eating the fruit off of those trees. My third point is to focus. In Psalm 113, it says that he settles the childless woman in her home as a happy mother of children. Being settled in our homes and being happy in our mothering is our blessing and our portion. It's what the Lord gives us. Nowadays, I think it's so easy to spread ourselves too thin and we find ourselves strained and stressed and maybe not settled in our homes at all and not even joyful in our mothering. So if we come to that place to just remember to focus, maybe reassess values, um, find a new routine, there's a wonderful analogy of life being um, a juggling act and there are balls that we can drop and they will bounce, other balls will break. And certainly our family is a ball that will just come crashing and break if it drops. So let's not let that happen. Let's keep coming back to that place where we are settled in our homes and happy mothers of children. And I'd love to take that verse. It's such a wonderful promise that it is, is God who settles the barren woman in her home and gives her children. So let's pray together for those among us who are longing for children and it's not happening. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are near. I thank you that you are the giver of life. I thank you that it is you that opens wombs and fills them with children. And it is you that settles the barren woman into her home as a happy mother of children. And today we come before you and ask in agreement that you would come and do a special work, that you would open wombs that are closed and that you would put children into empty arms. We thank you, Lord, that you are a God of promises, that you are the promise keeper, and that you never change. And today we ask that you would do this miracle among us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi there. Well, 
We use the word family in a lot of contexts and with family comes a sense of uh, belonging, a sense of peace, a sense of home. But that's not always the case. And I guess that uh, God is quite happy in his relationship with the Son and the Holy Spirit. And out of that unity comes the element of family. And he's ordained that for us to live in and to participate in and to be in. And um, I remember when our children, our three children were quite small. They were like little chickens running behind us. And so all of a sudden, the older one would be alongside us. And we would have discussions and we would have meaningful times and great interactions. And then all of a sudden, she would pass in front and then the next one would come alongside. But it wasn't long and they were all beside us and away from us. And now with their own families, there was often a time when one of them would look back and catch our eye and we would be able to say, all right, just a little bit left, a little bit right. And this type of connection, this type of relationship can only come by blessing and affirmation. And when these two things are allowed to function in a family, uh, the element of belonging and the element of just being part of is so much more real and so we're gratefully thankful for that and you know it's uh it's an incredible thing we often say to people that parenting never stops mm -hmm. and it's true because we tell the story to our children right from when they were small until they left home and our story hasn't wavered it's been the same and then they, in, in their lives now, have got children and they are telling the same story. And when their children come to us, and I think oftentimes it's to Amma for a treat, uh, we tell the same old story again. And that just perpetuates the whole thing to, to just keep going. And, and it, I guess it goes back to in the Old Testament, it talks about passing it on and, and training up your children in the way they should go. And therefore, your story is unwavering. It's part and parcel of what God has done, is doing, and is going to do. Mm. And um, we are just so rich. And I think richness for anybody comes within family. And uh, I just hope the few things that we have to share with you will be meaningful and will be encouraging. Mm. Yeah, as Corky spoke about um, our children coming behind us and then um, becoming walking next to us and then in front of us and as I've been considering just my own journey into motherhood and um, getting older, becoming a grandmother, I've realized that there are definitely moments of tension where I've struggled between um, who am I, how my, my role as a mother changes with each changing season. And um, I've realized that for me, being a mother is probably always, first of all, being undergirded by love, the love of the father. And so I realize that my identity is that I'm a daughter first. I'm a daughter of the king first. And then I can go to him and say, so um, how do I navigate now between these children that, that I'm, I was fiercely guarding, I now have to release and let them go and be free and find their own destinies and their own dreams. And 
Um, so there's tension inside of me as I try to juggle all of those things. Um, to be honest, part of the reason I think why I'm enjoying this lockdown so much is because I feel like at least this little family's safe. Um, and my, you know, my kids in Missouri, they're safe. And my kids in Joburg are safe. Um, but ultimately, I have to keep going back to God and saying, God, what do you say about my children, about how I'm managing this? And then even the tension now of becoming um, an older woman who's got um, children and grandchildren, but now I'm taking on the responsibility of looking after my mum. And she's still my mum, but I'm becoming her, her caregiver. I'm the one who's almost taking the role of being a mother again. Um, and even in that, this tension of how do, I, how do I navigate it, how do I manage it. And I was thinking there might be women sitting in the congregation who say, well, I've never had children, so does that mean I'm exempt? No, because remember, another word for the kingdom is family. And so these, these girls that I mother who are not my own children, they're not my blood children, but they're very much mine because we serve God together. And so as much as it's on top of me to, um, it's, my, it's my privilege and it's my pleasure to call things out of them or to sometimes challenge or discipline or um, just egg them on in, in what I see them pursuing. And all of us can do that as women, whether you are um, a mom with many children, whether you are a single woman with no children, you are a daughter of the king and you can mother and you can nurture and you can love and you can challenge and you can rebuke. And so there's room for all of us and we have to step into our place. We have to own this assignment that God has given us. So in recent months, we've heard a lot about um, the orphan ge generation and how important fathering is. But my conviction is that mothering, mothers, are just as important, um, as important. God created us, male and female, and so we bring something very special to the table. Um, and so my um, exhortation is just that, don't shy away or think, oh, well, I don't have children, so I can't offer advice. Sometimes you might be just the person because um, if somebody's having trouble with a child, they might not want to speak to somebody who's got perfect little children. They might want to speak to someone who's going to be able to say to them, no, no, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Come on. Um, so let's egg each other on and um, yeah, be undergirded by this identity that we have, that we are daughters of the king. And then just in closing, I wanted to say in 2 Thessalonians, I was, I was reading, and it said in verse 15, it says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. And so teach your children these things, you know, so that, so that um, these traditions become such a... Um, such a foundation, such a almost like a rod of steel in our families that when your children grow up, you know that they're going to look back and say, wait, wait, mom and dad taught me about this. Or, um, you know, the fond memories that I have of my mom taking us to church. Um, hold on to those traditions 
And so I hope this encourages you and just like you realize that nothing is easy peasy putsy. It's, there's always tension in, in the different roles that we fulfill, but we are so able because we are children of the Most High.